So have you ever wondered why the Bible is so confusing to understand? Or why Genesis is at the beginning and Revelation is at the end? You ever been curious as to why there's a New Testament and the Old Testament? Or what does that even mean? Well, I'm sure these are all questions that some of us have all asked at some point. So that's what Bible School is all about. We're going to go through the Bible and we're going to talk about the semantics of the why, the how, and most importantly, the who. If you'll ride this out with me, we're going to go cover to cover through the Bible and dig deep and see the mysteries that God has revealed to us through this beautiful love letter that he calls his word. You've just tuned in to Bible School with Reverend Kojo. Hey, good people. I'm so glad you decided to join us today. We, uh, we, we're, we're, we're continuing with Revelation. Uh, I told you, it's, I'm still doing Genesis. Genesis has not gone away. We're not doing away with Genesis. We're still studying Genesis. But I, I've just been really impressed upon my heart to do a study in Revelation along with the other three studies that I'm doing in Revelation with different groups around, around the state of Alabama. Um, today we pick up in Revelation 2. Now, we're dealing, we've just moved into what we're dealing with as the church, okay? Uh, we, we deal with the church, and so we're in, we're in the second little portion of, um, of, of, of the divine outline, but we are in the church, Revelation 2. Now, so there are seven churches. We talked about that in, at the end of uh, chapter 1. Um, but we're, there are seven churches. There are seven churches that God told John to write to, and he gave him vision of what was wrong and what was right in their churches. Um, now, it's really interesting how he writes these. All of these kind of follow the same little outline and pattern, and, and you'll see. Um, so I guess we'll, we may try to hit all seven churches. We'll just see how we do on time. Uh, depending on how we do on time, I might divide them up into a church, a, a podcast. We'll just see how much God gives us to eat from. Um, and then we'll, we'll go from there, but we're going to start with Ephesus because Ephesus is the one he starts with in verse one of chapter two of revelation. Okay. He says to the angel of Ephesus, write These things says he who holds the seven stars in his hand in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and not. You have found them liars and you have persevered and have patience, have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have. And you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay. So to the angel of the... All right. So, you know, he's talking to the, to the angel of the house. Now, whether we're talking to the pastor or the actual angel, I'm not entirely sure. Um... But this is, you know, this is what he says. And, and I want to go ahead and point out there are seven letters to seven churches, but all of the, all of the churches get all of the letters. Okay. 
And then they also get revelation. Like he, he sends them all of this stuff. But these are the seven letters. Ephesus, Ephesus, Ephesus. They call this the church that needs to return to his first love or some other authors refer to him refer to it as the loveless church. Now, so he says, you know, these things, he says, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. So first he does like he did in, in chapter one. He establishes who he is. He says, look, I hold the seven stars in my right hand. Baby, I got power. I see you. He says, I walk in the midst of the seven golden lamps. And so I walk in the midst of the seven churches. These are my churches. I know you. I understand what you've done. I'm watching you. I've kept my eye on you. I hold the seven stars in my hands. Do not doubt for a minute who I am. He's establishing who he is again and again. Verse two, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. So he, 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 it makes a commendation. He says, I see what you do. Yes. Good. Go, go, go. I'm so proud of you. I see that you labor. I see that you always at the church. I see that you've been faithful to study the word. I see that you hold fast as when somebody walks up in your church and they wrong. I see that you rebuke them and that you told them to get up out of here, that we don't preach that we preach the true word of God, of, of Jesus Christ. When you come in here talking that, that crazy talk, I see you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you've defended me. You've defended my character. You've defended my name. I'm happy about it. I'm glad about it. And and so he gives them a commendation. Ephesus is not a bad church. He says, you know, I, I'm glad that you cannot bear with those who are evil. You don't sit down with the folks who do evil dealings. You're not sitting in those crooked meetings. When folks come to you and they try to bribe you, you say, uh-uh, we, not, we don't do that over here. We stick to the true word. We stick to that thing. We hold fast to the word. They're probably like the church in Acts who searched the scriptures daily to see what they were saying is true. If a preacher came in and they weren't preaching the word of God, we got a problem with it. You got to get up out of here. Not over here. We don't do that over here. Over here, we preach the word. We don't, we don't pacify it. We want the word and we want the word uncut. We want the word. And see, sometimes I think this is important, y'all, because these churches are talking to us. These letters, yes, they are, is this addressed to the church of Ephesus. True. Okay. This is addressed to the church at Ephesus. But even as it being addressed to the church at Ephesus, Come on now. We got to think about this. Even with this being addressed to the church at Ephesus, that that does not mean that it's not speaking to us. All of this is relevant to us. And I'm convinced that as you go through these seven churches, at some point you're going to see you and you're going to see your church. I hope that we are we we are among the number that is that is well and that is doing well. But there is a chance that you do not belong to the church of Philadelphia and that you belong to something else and that there's a call for you to get it right. And so this is the call, but I love that he gives them a commendation. He says, I see you, baby. I see your goodness. I see how wonderful you've been. And he says, you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not. Now, personal sidebar, when folks come and claim to be things and, 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 the, and their fruits don't line up, it bothers me like nobody's business. Um, he says, but you have found them to be liars and have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake. Now, I, 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 I'm with Jesus on this. I love somebody that will defend my name. I love somebody who knows me, knows my character and says, no, that doesn't sound right. Let me go and investigate the case. I love it. When we see wonderful things and we see things shift into chains, I think that is, it's a beautiful, it is a wonderful thing. Um, when we see such things unfold and unwrap, he says that, but you have found them to be liars and persevered and you've had patience. You have labored for my name's sake and you have not become weary. You have been out there feeding the poor. 
You have been out there uh, um, helping people. When people have issues, you, you go above and beyond to make sure their issues are resolved. You have represented the church well. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. anytime you see that word, <laughs> it's like a big old butt. <laughs> Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. You're doing right. You're not wrong. I'm not mad with that. You're, you're doing the work, but your heart is not in it. I see you working it out. I see you committed to making this thing work. I'm, I see you serving in the church. I know this, but you're burned out. Your heart is not in it. You're working, you're active. You're preaching the word. Y'all are out there. You're doing church Sunday on service on Sunday. Y'all are attending Bible study. You're doing all these things, but you're dead. You, you, you're, you're making sure that you've got all kind of programs going on at the church. You're bringing people to Christ, but you're not spending time with him. You're talking about him, but you're not spending time with me. You're, you're all about my work. You're all about my church. And I'm so glad that you're about my business, but you're not about me. You're not about me. Now, let's think about this. The relationship with Christ and the church is like the marriage. So it's kind of like, y'all, yeah, just let's, let's, let's think about this for a minute. It's like you're married to the love of your life. And your wife is taking care of you. She is cooking for you. She's cleaning for you. She is um, doing everything. She picks up your dry cleaning. Speaking of that, I have forgotten to get my dry cleaning again today. Um, he is making sure that you've got your dry cleaning. She cooks your favorite meals, but she won't speak to you. She makes sure that you don't miss any appointments. She makes sure that you are, have everything that you need. You're doing everything, but she hasn't touched you. You, you are, your, your kids are healthy. They're taken care of. The house is functioning well. You look good on the outside. You look like the perfect marriage on the outside. But when you get in the car, it's silence. Y'all are working things out, man. Boy, people are coming to you for marital advice. They're excited. Y'all look like you have the picture-perfect marriage. Y'all are on Oprah talking about marriage. But when you get home, you're sleeping in different beds. This is, this is what his, his thing with them is. He's saying, look, you're doing all of the right things, except you forgot to love me. Remember the, the most important commandment was love the Lord, your God with all of thine heart and all of thy soul. And you've done the work. You followed my commandments, all everything else you have done to the T you have made sure that you're squeaky clean. You are making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do, but you forgot to love me. You love my case. You love my cause. You love my church, but you forgot to love me. You married me. You gave your heart to me. You gave your soul to me. It was me that died on the bloody gory cross. It was me that wants to spend time with you. I long to be with you just as much as I want you to long to be in my presence. Come back. Come back. Come back. Because as much as you are doing the work and as much as you are committed to being part of me and as much as you are committed to being part of my church, if you do not know me, you have nothing. You have nothing. Come back. Come back. Please come back. 
I know your works. I know your labor, your patience, and you cannot bear those who are evil. This stepped on my tongue. This stepped on my toes, y'all. And I love the Lord. I mean, I really love the Lord. Um, but what I found myself happening is that whenever I fall off, I don't fall out of church. Some people fall out. of I don't fall out of church. I don't fall out of my com- commitments. I don't stop serving. I don't do these things. But my prayer time gets shorter or it goes away. My time in my in the word, it gets shorter or goes away. You'll see me studying when it's time to preach, when it's time to go to Bible study. But how much time do I just spend in the word because I want to be in the word? How many, how many times do I say I just want to pray because I want to pray? Not because it's my time to pray, but because I just want to talk to the Lord. How many times do I just say, thank you, Lord? Because when I'm upset with God, I don't want to, I, you know, I'm going to do right because I believe he's God and I believe he's Christ. But how many times do we just, when we are falling short, when, when things are not working out in our lives, when it seems like the things that we hold dearest are falling away, how many times do we honestly just say, Lord, I love you. And get like Job, and though you slay me, yet will I trust you. God, God, I know that I'm out here working for your cause, but but right now, I just need to be in your presence. The church at Ephesus had forgotten what it felt like to be in the presence of God. They had become okay with just serving, just walking in his works, just doing the things that they thought were, were acceptable and were important. And so they found themselves falling so short. And in falling short, hmm. They missed Christ. Oh, they didn't lose the church. No, the church was up and thriving. They had members busting from seam to seam. They had ridden. <laughs> they, had, they had programmed the Holy Spirit. And so there was no need for the Holy Spirit to actually show up onto service because they had programmed the Holy Spirit. They had the perfect music. Boy, they had an awesome park ministry. They were out here having an awesome serve ministry. The kids' ministry was working. They were teaching the word. The word was going forth. It was going forth with great strength and great vigor, but they had forgotten forgotten the Holy Spirit. They forgot Jesus. How many of us forget Jesus? We forget to commune in his presence. We forget to spend time with him. Boy, that's, that's, that's conviction. That's conviction. <laughs> that's conviction. That, and I, this, this may not be your issue, but I had to do a reset. I had to do a reset because in my life, I'm not going to fall away from the word. I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to teach the word. I'm going to, I'm going to study the word. Uh, I'm going to hate the things that are wrong. I was going to, it's going to irk me to no avail when people are preaching something that's not real. When people talk about my God, I'm going to get upset. But when I'm down and when I don't understand often, I just be like, don't feel like praying right now. Not feeling it today. And so they, they forgot their first love. Take me back to the place when I first received you, when I first met you, when I first needed you. That's what he's saying. I want you to go back to the place when we first met, when we first fell in love. You're my bride, right? You're mine. You remember when we first fell in love, when you first found me, when you first got saved, go back to that place. The fire in your eye that you had for me, the desire that you wanted to spend with me, that heart that you had after me. Would you please go back to that place because I miss you? This is Jesus, the husband speaking right now. I miss you. I miss what we had. I miss the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase ought to last forever. Come back. And then he says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. 
Repent and do the first works, or else I will come quickly to remove your lampstand. Remember what we had. Repent and come back. I just want you back. But if you don't come back, I'm going to have to divorce you. I'm going to take the lampstand from you. If you don't come back, I'm going to have to excommunicate you. I'm going to have to put you out the house. Please don't. Don't make me take the lampstand away. I just want, I just want my house to be a home. <laughs> I just want you to come back. I just really want that relationship to work the way that it used to work. Come back. I know I'm so happy that the house is in order, but I miss my wife. I'm so happy that you love my people. Well, that you love doing my work. But I want you to love me. I'm so happy that you love the things that I've given you. But love me. God wants you to love him. His, his desire is that you would hunger after him. See, it's great to do the works. It's great to have projects. I got projects spilling out everywhere. I got two podcasts, got blogs, got books coming out, always in the middle of writing a book. Um, if I'm not writing a book, I'm preaching and teaching somewhere. I'm in class somewhere. I'm interning somewhere. I'm, I'm spreading the good news somewhere. Somebody's called me in to do, do this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm officiating this and doing that. And he just really wants me to just say, hey, wait. <laughs> you remember, you remember you gave your life to me. <laughs> come spend it with me. I see you doing my work. I see it. I see it. But come spend some time with me. And then he says, you know, but then he says, this you have. And he, he goes back and he remembers the commendation. He says, this you have, that you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which also I hate. Now, the Nicolaitans, that word is like, they, they think that it's actually a word that they couldn't translate because they couldn't find one, but it really just means ruler over the laity. So, you know, laity are people who just attend church. It's not your, your clergy or anything. So ruler over the laity. Now, they say Nikolai is the Antichrist. And so Nicolaitans would be the people who follow uh, they, the people who follow uh, the Antichrist. And so he says, he says, I hate you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You hate it. I hate it too. It, it, it makes your stomach boil. It makes my stomach boil. We bond over that. But even in you hating them, but do you love me? You hate their issues, and I hate their issues. I hate what they're talking about. They're, everything they're spreading is anti-me. I got a problem with it. Everything that they, <laughs> everything they're talking about is just not. It's not the truth. I've given you the truth, and you know the truth. You hold to the truth. You teach the truth. You preach the truth. I'm, I'm glad about it. But you hate them. But do you love me as much as you hate them? That's the question. Do you love me as much as you hate them? Mm. That's the question. Ask that of yourself. You hate, you hate the things you say. You see, we got school shootings going on. We got church shootings going on. They're shooting up concerts and movie theaters. They're shooting up uh, uh, games and, and all kinds of foul things. You sickens you to your stomach. Sometimes we cry. We get physically sick. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted at what happens on Washington. I'm disgusted by the things they're doing in the state capitol and what they're doing in the city. I hate that the people are doing things that are contrary to the word of God. It makes me sick to my stomach. But as much as I hate that, do I love Jesus? Hmm? Because we know the opposite of hate is not love, it's indifference. 
So do I hate these things as much as I love Jesus or am I just indifferent to him and a lover of his work? He won't, you know, faith without works is dead, but you got to have the faith to pair it with the works. Do I love him? Do you love him? And is your devotion to him or is it to his work? Hmm. And then he closes, he closes the letter with this. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, as you'll notice that all of the, all of the, all of the letters except one, he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So there's, there's always hope for redemption. You know, he, he gave him hope when he says, repent. And then he, he gave him that promise. He says, if you'll repent uh, and do the first works, it'll be good. But if you don't, I'm going to come take your lampstand. So in other words, I'm going to divorce you. You know, Christ, church, bride, husband. And then he says, uh, but he who, he who will listen, if you'll listen to what I'm saying, if you hear the words that I'm saying and you see what my spirit is saying to these churches, to him who overcomes, I'm going to let you eat from that tree of life. You're going to, in, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, you're going to get into heaven. Or maybe it's Eden. You're going to get to dwell in perfect peace in paradise. And I'm going to let you eat from the tree of life. Baby, it's nothing that will be withheld from you. But you're going to have to turn from these evil ways. Because me and these evil ways, we're not friends. They're not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm sorry. It won't work. I apologize. Well, not really. But I apologize. So, what you gonna do? Are you gonna listen? Cause let's be real. Let's let's be real. Y'all know I teach life school too, so we we can have a moment. Let's be real. How many times does somebody come tell us what's wrong and we look at them like they're crazy? How many times does somebody come and give us a rebuke on our lives and then it, it, it makes us upset? I will tell you this: when the old people come at me left about something. Often the way that they come at me left makes me want to do the complete opposite of what they're saying. And if I don't go search the scriptures myself, often I, often I will stay, I will continue doing what I'm saying just to get to look at them like they crazy. Because the way that they came at me was wrong. Which is what I love about Jesus because Jesus starts with commendation. He said, look, I love what you're doing. I'm happy with you. We can take a book out of his, we can take a chapter out of his book. I love what you're doing. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to say you're my church, but you got to come back to me. I'm not feeling neglected. Okay? Let's take a book. Let's check a chapter out of this book. Literally. And let's let's come back. Come back. Come back. And look, there is a reward. Absolute reward. If we'll just follow and do right. Come love on it. You gave your life to him. Why not? You're grateful. Oh boy, they start talking about the blood in church. You're running laps around the blood. But do you really love him? But, you know, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I sit in church on many of Sundays and be like, oh, praise God. And folks be silent. What? <laughs> Can you think about something he has done for you in your life? And folks looking at you like you're crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. It don't take a whole lot for me. Now, I'm not, I'm not one of those shouters. Uh, but for me to get excited, it doesn't take a whole lot for me because I don't even need, I don't need you to go back and chronicle my life. Just give me a flashback of just a couple of seconds of how he kept me and protected me 
and and it, it doesn't take a whole lot to reel me in but I understand sometimes we get angry with God because we can't understand his ways or his methods but we must trust that though he slay us yet is he faithful okay guys so that was that was the church of Ephesus chapter 2 uh, verses 1 through 7 uh, because this one went a little long we're gonna, I'm going to pause this one and I'll release the next one after such uh, but this was Ephesus, the loveless church. Um, Ephesus, the church that was doing all the right things but didn't have their heart right. Is your heart right? I sure hope so. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to study your word. God, I pray that somebody would receive something from this podcast. God, that this word went through with good clarity that everything that, that came out of it was of you and was from you, God. I pray right now that you would just keep these people in perfect peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next time, this has been Bible School.